morning, Broadway. Would you stand as we read, open with the reading of God's word this morning? I want to read from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 17 through 22. The Lord your God is more powerful than all other gods and lords, and his tremendous power is to be feared. His decisions are always fair, and you cannot bribe him to change his mind. The Lord defends the rights of orphans and widows. He cares for foreigners and gives them food and clothing, and you should also care for them, because you were foreigners in Egypt. Respect the Lord your God. Be faithful and serve only him, making promises in his name. Offer your praises to him, because you have seen him work such terrifying miracles for you. When your ancestors went to live in Egypt, there were only 70 of them, but the Lord has blessed you, and now there are more than you more of you than there are stars in the sky. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, you are God of God and Lord of Lords. Father, we thank you this morning that we can gather to worship you. Let your spirit breathe on us, Father, through the reading of your word and the, and the preaching of your word. Father, we thank you for the freedom that we have in this nation to gather Father, to worship you and to read your word. We know there are many around the world who are oppressed, Father, and are persecuted for your sake. Lord, we just ask your protection on them, your blessing upon them. Lord, there have been many sacrifices of blood by men and women throughout history for our freedom in this country, and we thank you for that. It's by your hand and by your grace only. But Lord, we thank you this morning for that supreme sacrifice. Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, once and for all, Lord, that we can have eternal life, Father, and have eternal freedom in you. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as we come together to worship this morning, we've heard some of the great things that our God has done. We're going to stand and we're going to sing together. I know you just sat down. That's okay. We're going to go ahead and stand as we proclaim together that our God has done great things. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how his love overcomes. He has done great things. Oh, he has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and delight. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. Oh, you've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. Oh, you have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promises, yes and amen. 
for you will do great things. Oh God, you do great things. Oh hero of heaven, you conquer the great. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great things. Sing hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. Let's sing that again, declare it together. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God. Unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things, you've done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the great, you free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things, we dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifts it high. Oh, God, you have done great things. You have done great things. Oh, God, you do great things. Oh, God, you do great Amen. You can be seated now. We are so glad that you're here to worship with us this morning. If you're in person, we're thankful for you, and we're thankful for you if you're watching online. Uh, if you're a guest with us this morning, whether you're in person or online, we want to say a special welcome to you. Uh, if you're here in our sanctuary, we hope you got a bulletin as you walked in. There's a perforated tab on the edge of that. If you'll fill that out and drop it in our offering plate, that is our way of getting to know you and learning how we can be praying for you and ministering to you. Uh, and if you're online, would you simply drop a comment on this uh, post that says, I'm new, and we will be glad to, to reach out and connect with you that way as well. We're so thankful for uh, you if you're here, and I hope you're paying attention uh, in person to, to all the things uh, on our screens as you walked in. We've got VBS coming up and, and a few other things uh, going on, so we hope you're starting to pay attention to those things. One thing we do want to highlight is next Wednesday night, July 15th, we're going to have uh, what we're calling an urgent night of prayer. Uh, so here in our sanctuary, it'll be online as well. Uh, we're going to have a night with, with several different uh, folks praying uh publicly for you, as well as some time for uh, spontaneous prayer and prayer in your seats and things like that. Uh, just praying over our nation, our church, our city, uh, and, and all of the, the challenges that are being faced by folks in our society today with COVID and, and, and everything else that's going on. So we want to encourage you to be here July 15th uh, in the sanctuary, and we'll have more details coming to you through emails and Facebook and things like that uh, about that event. But we want to encourage you to, to try to attend. Earlier, you heard David read from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10, 
And earlier in that chapter, in verse 12, it says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and the statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Church, can we be honest and say that there are times, even this week, that I have not served the Lord with my whole heart? And that I have not loved the Lord with my whole heart and followed all of his commands. Can you be honest enough to admit that with me as well? Let's go to the Lord together in prayer this morning. God, we thank you that you have allowed us to come into your house and to worship you. God, we love you. We thank you for your greatness. We thank you for the great things that you have done and for the ways in which you have blessed us. Father, now we confess to you that there are times that we have not served you the way that we should. Father, there are times that we haven't loved you the way that we should, and we haven't feared your commandments. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful to forgive us of all our unrighteousness. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are, and we thank you most of all for your son, Jesus, who makes all of this possible. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. I'm sure the good news of the gospel is, as Paul tells us in Romans, that there is now no condemnation in Christ. And because Christ has come to fulfill the law on our behalf, we find forgiveness at the cross. Would you stand as we continue to sing this morning in worship? Man of sorrows, Lamb of God. By his own betrayed The sin of man and wrath of God Has been on Jesus' Silence as he stood accused Beaten, mocked, and scorned And bowing to the Father's will He took a crown of thorns Sing with us Oh, that rugged cross My salvation Where your love poured out over me now my soul cries out hallelujah praise and honor unto thee let's sing it together saint of heaven god's own son to purchase and redeem and reconcile the very ones who nailed him to that tree. Oh, that rugged cross, my salvation, where your love poured out over me now my soul cries out hallelujah praise and honor unto thee let's rejoice in this this morning church
Now my debt is paid, it is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Whom the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. Now my debt is paid, it is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Whom the sun sets free, oh, it's free indeed. Oh, that rugged cross, my salvation, where your love poured out over me. Now my soul cries out, hallelujah. Praise and honor unto Thee. Let's sing about the victory of the resurrection together. See, the stone is rolled away. Behold the empty tomb. And hallelujah, God be risen from the grave oh that rugged cross my salvation where your love poured out over me now my soul cries out hallelujah praise and honor unto thee praise and honor unto thee amen you can be seated for a moment going to read Deuteronomy 10, 14 through 15. The heavens indeed, the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, as does the earth and everything in it. Yet the Lord had his heart set on your fathers and loved them. He chose their descendants after them. He chose you out of all the peoples as it is today. God's been faithful to us. Amen. You can stay seated. We're going to continue to sing this morning. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hand. From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing Of the goodness of God 
All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice You have led me through the fire In darkest night You are close like no other Oh, I've known you as a father And I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness of God. Let's sing together. In all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running out, it's running after me. Your goodness is running out, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. In all my life you have been faithful. In all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Amen. We are grateful for God's goodness. We're going to move into now the time of our service. If you're online, where you have an opportunity to give your tithes and your offerings, uh, the text to give link will be posted on your screen and you'll find a link to give online uh, in the comments of this post. We hope that you'll take this opportunity to do that as David plays in-house. Uh, we're going to offer you a chance to, to worship as, as David plays with us. Brother Hurt, would you pray for us, sir? Father, we thank you for the privilege of gathering together this day. Thank you for the setting of our worship today, how the music has brought us to remembrance of how that all through life 
you have bountifully blessed us. And we come to praise you this morning. And Father, one of the ways that we praise you is giving unto you. Giving of the material blessings that you have poured out upon us. And Father, early in your word, you tell us that the tithe is holy. It belongs unto you. And Father, what a privilege it is that we have this day to give back unto you the tithe, which is holy, and then to give you above the tithe a love offering. And so we give praise today for that thing, that privilege. And I pray, Father, that whether we are here in the worship center or whether we are scattered wherever this message goes today, that we will be mindful of returning that which is holy and we will be blessed. Thank you for that promise. Thank you for the reality all through life of how you have provided and blessed. In Jesus' holy name I pray, amen.
you, David. Psalm 25 says, Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I will wait all the day long. Would you stand as we continue to worship and sing together this morning? Speak, O Lord, as we come to you. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Take your truth, plant it deep in us, shape it and fashion us in your likeness, that the light of Christ might be seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of faith. Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in us all your purposes for your glory. Teach us, Lord, full obedience, holy reverence, true humility. Our thoughts and our attitudes in the radiance of your purity. Cause our faith to rise, cause our eyes to see your majestic love and authority. Words of that can never fail let their truth prevail over thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for the freedoms that we enjoy, the freedom to, to come and to gather and to worship you. God, we thank you for our country, for those who have sacrificed to, to uh, allow us to enjoy those freedoms. Lord, now we pray that you would speak to us as we open your word. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Chris. We do... During the summer, we do children's sermons, so I want to invite children. 
If you are a child here or if you're a guest visiting here, you want to come on up here. And up here in the choir loft, we have chairs. You sit in a chair that is uh, open, I guess. It doesn't have the tape. So you can sit, I guess, every other seat. And then afterwards, um, we're going, you'll, that's what the York peppermint patties are. Who, who likes York peppermint patties? Anybody there? It is. There's our York peppermint patties out there, but that is, uh, uh, you'll be able to come down and get your Hansel and Gretel candy with that. All right, let me grab my little stand over here. Thank you, Chris. And while they're, they're getting ready, I do want to remind our online crowd, like Chris said, uh, hopefully someone has pe- posted our, um, the offering, so you can certainly see a link to that, as well as our worship guide, so you'll be able to follow along, a great way to certainly connect. And for our, in, in, our in-person crowd, I know we have guests here this morning, we uh, hopefully you received a bulletin, they're back there at the Welcome Center, you just tear off this tab here, fill it out. We uh, don't pass an offering plate anymore. We will have uh, ushers at the exits holding offering plates. You can drop it in there. And we also have black boxes in the welcome center. So you can just drop your little tab into the black box and let us know. You can do this for prayer requests or uh, any other things you want to certainly communicate with the office. All right. Uh, today's any, uh, yesterday was an exciting day. What was yesterday? Yes, ma'am. It was Saturday, that's right. <laughs> Yesterday was Saturday, it was July 4th. And on July 4th, we, um, we celebrate something called um, our Independence Day. And it's a special day. Guys, y'all can, I tell you, y'all can move over here if you want to. All right, it's okay. <clears throat> Behind the TV even. So that's where, if, if I was your age, that's where I would have sat. But um, it's a day for America, we celebrate our independence. Now, I'm going to read a Bible verse. Today, we're going to, instead of you reading a Bible verse, one of you are going to hold the flag right here. And we're going to say the Pledge of Allegiance. And we're going to have it up on the screen here in a minute. But I wanted to uh, read a Bible verse, and we're going to talk about it. I'll quote it to you all. In First um, Peter chapter 2, verse 17, it says, Honor the king. Who is our king? Our earthly king. Yes, ma'am. Jesus is our heavenly king. Do you know when our country was founded, we came to America from Great Britain, and they had, I guess they still, not right now, but they have kings over there. So we don't live under a earthly king rule here in America. So when we hear that kingly language, honor the king, as the Bible shares, for us what it means is for As Americans, we want to pay our respect to our government and to our country. And the 4th of July is a day that we certainly do that. We're paying our respects. We're being appreciative of the freedoms that we have as Americans. So that's one of the ways as Americans, as young Americans, we show respect. We're very blessed. We're fortunate to live in the United States of America. God has blessed this country. Do you know one of the greatest stories that's rarely told is the story of America's educational system. It was founded 
right after the pilgrims came in the early 1600s, the very first school was called Boston Latin School. And do you know their textbook they used? Public education, it was this book right here. They learned to read and write with the Bible. And our goal as uh, Americans, we never want to forget our heritage that we had from how our country was founded. Folks came here from Great Britain for religious freedom, children, that they can come to church such as this, and they can learn from their Bibles. And that's why it's so important for you all growing up to learn your Bibles at church and at home. And you can even bring your Bibles to school as well. All right, we are going to say the Pledge of Allegiance. So I'm going to invite someone. So what we're going to do, this is the lightweight flag. This is the one we use in Awanas. But somebody's going to hold it and tilt it forward. And I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. And what do we do when we say it? So uh, we want to stand up as well, children. So let's all stand up. When we say the Pledge of Allegiance, what do we do? Do we put our hands on our head? No, we put our hands on our heart because we're pledging our allegiance. Remember, we're honoring the king. We're showing respect. So who would like to hold our flag? Yes, ma'am. You come on down. So you lift up our flag and you tilt it forward. I think we have the... There, it doesn't work. So <clears throat> it's not up on the screen. It's in the back. So I'll lead us in our pledge. Hopefully we've all memorized the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. That is wonderful. Y'all, you did such a great job. All right, everyone can be seated. Children, that is today's children's sermon. We learned about, we learned about our Pledge of Allegiance and honoring the king. So you'll want to step down right there and grab your York peppermint patties that you all love. Is this TV turned on? Do I need to flip it on? Is that? I guess that's why we have our words. Has anyone here ever visited the Boston, very first public school in America? First school in America, Boston Latin School. It's actually still there. Now they've remodeled it because it was from like 1620. So anybody tour that? David, that is. I bet that was, that, that, I, that's one of those must-see places. That's amazing, the education. We, we talk about our educational system. Even here in Lexington, which is an education capital here with UK, it all started right there with this being the first textbook. So that's a wonderful, rich history we have as Americans for that. Open your Bibles to the book of Mark and then flip over and look at the book of Luke. Always want to bring your Bibles to church. If you don't have a physical Bible, you bring your electronic Bible here. You need to follow along with in God's Word what it says today. We are in a sermon series studying the disciples of Jesus. Jesus had 12 disciples. The word apostles is also interchangeably used with that. And what we're going to see here is last week we looked at Andrew and Peter. Today we are going to look at James 
and John. Both sets, remember from last week, Andrew and Peter were brothers. They were fishermen there at the Sea of Galilee. These next two boys, James and John, were also brothers. They were also fishermen there in their family fisherman uh, dad's business. His name was Zebedee. And what, what we're going to see here is four out of the twelve disciples were actually fishermen. And what Jesus did is he redirected these men from fishing from fish to fishing for people. And we as believers, we also fish for people. Our focus is certainly on the Lord with all of that. So go ahead and turn your Bibles. Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. And then also we're going to look at Luke chapter 9, verse 21 through 55. Do you know, I was looking at America's history about the Declaration of Independence and what led up to that, uh, you know, this past week and thinking of, thinking of that. And I came across something that I had heard of it, but I never really looked at it. There was a gentleman named Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine was um, uh, an author, and he wrote a pamphlet. And he published this little pamphlet in Jan on January 10th, 1776. So that's what, just six, a little over six months or so, under six months before the, the Declaration of Independence was declared. Remember what the Declaration of Independence was. We here as colonists, we were receiving extreme taxation from Great Britain. We lived under a king, and folks didn't like that. So what do you do? You thought, we're our own country. Because remember, why was America founded? It was founded for religious reasons. The pilgrims came over here as English separatists to start their own Land, own country so they could freely worship the Lord. I want to tell you, that's one of the dangers that's going on right now that we're seeing. Something is wrong when the state of California, and we need to always remember, what happens in California doesn't just stay in California. It ends up in places like Kentucky as well. When the governor can actually go in and tell churches that they're not allowed to sing, you know, we can kind of laugh at that, laugh at that, and think, well, you know, they've got, they can't sing, uh, David Dill and Chris are now DJs, they can, you know, put, you know, do other things, but here's what's going to happen at the end times. If government can tell us not to sing, government can then tell us, we can't use this book. You can't stand up and say certain things. Remember, the, the problem with government is it, it never, once it starts telling you what to do, and once it starts encroaching in your life, it doesn't pull back. It just gets more and more and more. And that is why the pilgrims, they came to the United States in, on the Mayflower, 1620, for the purpose of freedom to worship. Why? Because the king was telling them what to do. I mean, soon we'll have to be pilgrims again somewhere else, wherever else there is to go. <clears throat> but Thomas Paine published this little pamphlet. And, you know, this is now open domain, so you can just Google it. It's called Common Sense. Uh, 
Common sense. Who's heard of common sense? Now, it's only 50 pages long. It's free. Just Google it. Good. More people have heard of common sense than like York peppermint patties right here. Common sense is what played a huge role. It sold half a million copies. It didn't even sell them. It just gave them away to all the patriots, all the colonists there in the colonies. And saying, why we need to declare, it led to the Declaration of Independence because Thomas Paine laid out a case saying, we were started on religious freedom. He quotes scripture all throughout the little pamphlet. And all of a sudden now, Great Britain, they realize how successful we've become. They're taxing us. And we're now living under the king again. Like this is... The, the, what's occurring in 1776 is what we ran over here to get away from. And here we are back in it again from 150 years ago. It's like we've just made a big circle. That's what came with the Declaration of Independence. And he laid out that case about why we need to revolt against Great Britain and just say, hey, we're, we're, we're not going to, we're our own country now. We're no longer under your rule. And I think about that, that phrase, common sense. I mean, could you, you couldn't pick a better title for a book that we need today. Common sense. That's what's lacking in America. We need more people like Thomas Paine to step up and start writing common sense. Common sense is found in the Bible. I share that because what we're going to see here in the Bible, Jesus took these men who I actually believed had a lot of common sense. These were just everyday fishermen with the family fishing business. They had a lot of common sense. But then he took people with common sense and he made them disciples of Christ. And that's what we need. We need a lot of Americans have common sense, not a lot don't. But then we need to take folks with common sense and make them disciples of Jesus Christ. One of the things that the devil does is he robs us of our heritage and our history. Because heritage and history, if you go back in history, this is the most popular book. Our nation was founded on this. Our school system was founded on this. Do you know in the Garden of Eden, the only institution, the only thing that still remains of the Garden of Eden is the family. Our three most important, in many ways, institutions that you raise up a generation, 4th of July, are number one, the family, which came from the God in the Garden of Eden. Next is the church, which was established by Jesus with Peter. So when you come to your family, 4th of July, moms, dads, grandparents, you should be reading the scriptures and teaching the scriptures to your family. When you come to church, thus saith the Lord. Children should be learning the Bible. And not only that, our educational system, and that has really gotten away from what it used to be back at Boston Latin School. But education, do you know during Jesus' time, do you know his education? He learned the Old Testament. That's what he was doing at the temple when he was 12 years old. He was teaching the teachers because he knew the Bible so much. We need prayer in schools. 
We need, Bi we need Bible reading in schools. Teachers need to have the freedom to be able to pick the books that they want to teach and have their children read from. Moms, dads, you need to make sure your children have Bibles they want to read. Take them to Barnes & Noble where I went this week. And you can buy them still a Bible there. We are rooted in those institutions. Our family, our church, and our schools. Those are the three strings that raise up a generation. And the problem what's happening I want to tell you what has the, how the devil has destroyed. Divorce and the brokenness of, of families have just devastated the family. Children aren't in church like they used to be. And schools have completely drifted away from their foundings. You, you kill those three institutions, you have lost generations of Americans. You have a generation that's growing up that does not know their right from their left. They're patriots in their mind, but they're fighting for the wrong thing. Literally, they're, 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 people have become confused. And what God's doing is He's calling people back to cry out and to call out to Him. And if you or I as believers, if we don't take the lead in that, we will be, we have to literally become pilgrims again. What happened in 1620 with the pilgrims leaving Great Britain will occur again here in America. Turn in your Bible, Mark chapter 3, verse 13. Look what it says here. Jesus went up the mountain and he summoned those he had wanted. And they came to him. He appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, to be with him and to send them out to preach. So, what's their path? Their, the disciples, the apostles, Jesus is raising them up to go out and preach God's word and to have authority to drive out demons. He appointed the twelve. To Simon, he gave the name Peter, and to James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, he gave the name Bonerges, that is, sons of thunder. Now I want to share about that right there, and we'll stop. That is where we get the disciples. Jesus goes up on the mountain, he prays, and these men he has chosen to invest in and to pour the next three years into his life. And we obviously last week looked at Peter and Andrew, the two brothers. But we also see these other two brothers here, James and John. John and James were known as the sons of thunder. What that meant was two things. They either had an anger problem, or they either were very zealous and passionate. I believe the answer is both. These were men that struggled with maybe a temper. They were fishermen. They had their own fishing business. They were self-starters. They had been, they did what they wanted to do. They were the type of guys that if you, I know we have these folks in our church, 
you walk into a store and there's a big sign on the front of the store that says mass required. They're like, well, if I have to wear a mask, I'm not shopping here. I'll go somewhere else. I mean, that's the type of guys James and John were. They were just self-starters. They were bold. They were very um, confident in themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. Jesus even acknowledged that. They're the sons of thunder. And what happened here in this passage, and I think the principle that we see for us is, and I don't want you to turn there. I'll just tell you about it. Later on, their mother, her name was Salome, she approached Jesus. And this is where Sons of Thunder came from. Dad had a fishing boat, boat business. And mom was pretty bold herself. In Matthew chapter 20, their mother, Salome, comes up to Jesus and says, Will you make a promise to me, Jesus? Will you have my boys in your kingdom, one at the right and the other at the left? And they will always receive a place of honor. Now that's a pretty, that's mama coming up. Have you ever put your mother up to do something? And you know those boys were right behind, behind their mother. It's like, I'm scared to say this, so mom, I'm going to stand behind you while you go approach Jesus and say, when he gets his kingdom, and in their mind the kingdom wasn't the heavenly kingdom, the kingdom was they thought Jesus was going to set up a kingship Right there in Jerusalem. He was going to be the next David. The king of Israel. And they wanted to be the vice presidents. They wanted a cabinet position. And they got their mama to ask for them. And that's a bold mother right there. But you know there's a lot of bold mamas. Mamas do anything for the boys. <clears throat> I want to share this scripture. I was hoping for an amen from that one. I said, mamas do anything. for who, what, who mom, what mamas here do anything for the boys? Two. Nobody on the front row? Okay, there we go. Two mamas. So y'all are the sons of Zebedee if you do that for your boys. I want y'all to know this about what happened with John, one of those boys. John, remember John, he wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and he wrote the book of Revelation. John, this fisherman, had a huge impact on the New Testament. Four books out of the Bible. But John even struggled himself with understanding the purpose of Jesus. And it says in John chapter 20, verse 8, after John entered the empty tomb, and he saw the strips of linen laying there, and Jesus' body was gone, it said, he saw and believed. He saw and believed. That's one of the greatest acts of faith that came about for John. When he saw that empty tomb, he then believed. I now understand. Jesus, he wasn't setting up an earthly king. 
He was setting up a heavenly kingdom. Turn in your Bible over to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 55. Do you know, this is why they had the title of Sons of Thunder. When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, he determined to journey to Jerusalem. That's Jesus there. He sent his messengers ahead of himself, and on the way they entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. What's occurring here is they're headed to Jerusalem, but they're in an area called Samaria. Remember Samaria, those were what we would consider half-Jews, half-Gentiles. They weren't 100% Jewish. There was a lot of racism during that day. The Jews did not like, the pure Jews in their mind, did not like the Samaritans. The Samaritans believed they should worship God at Mount Gerizim, which is right there in Samaria. The Jews believed that they should worship the Lord in Jerusalem, there at the temple, on the Temple Mount. So you had these two different groups, and Jesus would walk through Samaria. Well, if you were passing through Samaria, and they find out that you're going to Jerusalem, they're not your friend. They just, you know, they're, they're, they don't want to help you, because that's our enemy. We don't believe in what they believe. So, that's what they're running into. They're in the Samaritan village, and they're making preparations, possibly for a dinner, possibly for a place to stay. So, it's like the advanced team. So, look what happens here. Verse 53, 9.53 in Luke. But they did not welcome him. The Samaritans did not welcome him. Because he determined to journey to Jerusalem. Now this is why we're called sons of thunder right here. When the disciples, James and John, remember these are the brothers. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, what did they see? They saw that Jesus was rejected in Samaria. They didn't want the guy. This is what you do when you're rejected. Lord... Do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Isn't that just a logical answer? Someone tells you no. Brother Hurt, someone is ugly to you. And you just turn to the gods of God. Why don't I just call down fire right now from heaven and they'll drop down and die? Consume, gone. You can just kill them on the spot. They exist. They cease to exist. And God, I didn't commit murder when I did that because technically the fire came down from heaven. So the blood was on your hands, Lord. That's kind of, that's what these guys have just said. They're mad. They're angry. They got rejected. And they're asking Jesus for permission to kill the people. And look what Jesus did. But he turned and rebuked them. Thank goodness, Jesus says, guys, we're not here to murder the people. I came to preach, to drive out demons, to share the good news of Jesus, and here you are because someone said no.
because you were rejected, because your feelings were hurt. You are a son of thunder. You're one of those guys that when you get hit, you're going to hit right back. You're ready now to kill them. Now, I don't want you to turn there, but I want to tell you what happens. This is the great story of the gospel. Because this is occurring in Samaria. If we could fast forward about 10 years, something else happened in Samaria. Remember, James and John wanted to kill the Samaritans. Fire from heaven. And you can go back and read this later this week. In Acts chapter 8, something happened. Acts chapter 8, the gospel is starting to spread. Obviously, it started out in, in Jerusalem there at Pentecost, and now it's, it's going up into Samaria. And sure enough, one of the evangelists and disciples, Philip, started preaching up there, and folks started getting saved in Samaria. And word gets out that folks are responding to the gospel. So the church in Jerusalem sent John up there and Peter to verify whether or not it's true. Were the Samaritans receiving the gospel? And the Bible says, listen to this Broadway, listen online. The Bible says that John came up there and he prayed over the Samaritans. And the Holy Spirit came down and many of them started turning to the Lord. And I say, Pastor, why are you telling me this? Let's rewind. This is what happens when God changes your heart. Ten years earlier, in Luke chapter 9, do you know what John and James wanted to do? They wanted to kill the Samaritans. Fast forward ten years. Acts chapter 8. John and Peter are there in the same city. The same people that, they were go, that should have died with the fire coming down from heaven were praying for their salvation. James and John did not get it. The sons of thunder. They were ready to kill. And God wanted to save. People who reject you today does not mean 10 years from now will reject you. Just because it seems like America is going backwards today doesn't mean revival 10 years later can occur. This is why we as believers are always diligent, praying, and asking God, even when we've been rejected, even when someone says no today, doesn't mean it's no forever. God had a greater plan for the Samaritans. And that was for them to be saved. The very people James and John wanted to kill are now serving the Lord. Instead of sending them to hell, which they would have gone to because they rejected the Lord, they were now, ten years later, going to heaven because they were believers. I want to tell you what happened to James and John. Because these two men were on the extremes. 
John, of all the disciples, he lived the longest. John was right there at the cross when Jesus was dying. John was the one that Jesus looked to and said, John, I need you to care for my mother. Mary, I'm leaving. And she has no one to take care of her. John was entrusted with Jesus' mother. John found himself as an elderly man in isolation on a Greek island called Patmos. He was a hundred years old. And it was in a cave that the Lord revealed to him the entire book of Revelation. You can go visit it today, the island Patmos, and see the area where God, where Jesus came and spoke John. I believe possibly the things going on today, here in 2020, were actually revealed to this man, John, in this cave called Patmos. A little dinky Greek island today is being fulfilled. God's word will be fulfilled. John lived the longest of all the disciples. Now you say, what about his brother James? Do you know in the book, when we read about James, there's basically three Jameses. Three Jameses, if that's a word, in the New Testament. The first James, here's the disciple. Do you know he was the first, now excluding Judas, he was the first disciple to die for his faith. In Acts chapter 12, Herod killed James. But you say, Daniel, what about the book of James? What about the James and the rest of the book of Acts? There was another James. Jesus had a half-brother also named James. It was a common name back in Bible times. That half-brother of Jesus likely did not become a believer in Jesus until Jesus had uh, ascended into heaven. He became later on, in Acts chapter 15, the leader, after the first James had died, the leader of the Jerusalem church. And he's the fellow who wrote the book of James. The epistle of James in our New Testament. So that's the difference between these two Jameses. There's actually another James, who's also a disciple. His name's James son of Alphamus. And he was also called James the Lesser. We know literally nothing about him. That's all we know is his name. It was just less. Which meant he played a less significant role or he was shorter. Whichever one you want to whichever one you want to pick on that. Or he was younger. So we know very little about him. James the disciple. He was the first one executed. And the second one, or his brother, John, lived the longest. These two young men as disciples, one lived to be a hundred years old, one had a tragically short life. And I think what that tells us, and how I want to conclude this morning, when we see these men when we see these two sons of Zebedee who had anger problems, who were filled with zeal and they were zealous and passionate, God picked Jesus, chose them, and one ended up being a martyr 
And the other lived a hundred years and actually got to witness what's going to happen at the end times. When you sign up to become a believer, and you sign up to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you have no idea how God is going to use you. Your life might be cut short. You might not have a long life serving the Lord. Or you could be like John. And you could live a hundred years. And you have a lifetime of serving the Lord. The biblical principle for us. God took these men, the sons of thunder. Guys that had anger, that were very passionate. And he directed them for their service for the Lord. And I'm asking you this morning, how is God going to direct you? Are you going to be a martyr? Are you willing to die for following Jesus? Or are you going to be a faithful servant for a hundred years? And you serving the Lord for a hundred years is hard. Because there's a lot of times that you just want to throw in your towel. You're at home right now and you're just, you feel isolated. You feel alone. You think, God, what, where's my place? Things are so different. Everyone's gone. Everyone's passed away. Everyone's moved off. Everyone's drifted away. Lord, I, I feel things have changed. In many ways, it's easier dying young for the Lord than serving the Lord for a hundred years. These two men, the sons of Zebedee, Jesus chose, and they had polar opposite lies. One was cut short, and the others went on and on and on. And the commitment to discipleship this morning, Jesus Christ is asking you, whether you're going to have a short run, or you're going to have decades and decades, are you willing to be a son of Zebedee that is passionate and zealous, and you take whatever emotions God has given you. Maybe you're struggling with an anger problem. And Jesus wants to redirect it for service for him. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. Our online crowd, Jesus came to these boys, James and John, and he said, follow me. And he's asking that for you this morning. You need to become a follower of Jesus. If you don't follow Jesus, you will be trucking along and following our ungodly culture we live in today. And Christ is trying to rescue you from that. And the way you follow Jesus is you receive him as your Savior. So don't you bow your head and close your eyes. If you want to receive Jesus, you pray along with me. Dear Jesus... I receive you this morning. I want to be a follower of you. Lord, direct my passion, my zeal, my anger, my attention, my desires to you. Lord, I pray this morning that you forgive me of my sins and save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. 
Thank you for our country. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. If you prayed to receive Jesus, I want you to send me a message on the church Facebook page. If you're online, if you're here in person, let me know out there in the Welcome Center. Or you just write your, your decision you made on that little commitment card and drop it in the black box. And I'll be getting in touch with you. Or Brother Hurd will be getting in touch with you this week, following up about what it means to serve the Lord. Chris is going to close us in a closing song. Jesus loves you. We are called and equipped to be disciples for him. So let's stand together. Chris is going to lead us in that song. You know, over the last two weeks, one of the common denominators that we see in all of the disciples is that when Jesus called, they dropped everything and they followed him. So this morning, he's extending the same call to you. Are you going to surrender? Are you going to follow him wherever he leads? Or we can continue our lives as usual. We can go back to our boats and our nets and we can continue to live our lives. So I'm going to extend the, the, the call to you this morning that Jesus is to sing this as your prayer. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Let's sing together. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thee. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Make my life useful to Let's sing that third verse. Here am I, send me, Lord. Here am I, send me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thee. Here am I, send me, Lord. Here. I send me, Lord, make my life useful to Thee. Father, you've heard our prayer this morning. God, would you use us to be a light in a very, very dark world? Lord, we love you. We praise you for who you are. We thank you for Jesus. And God, we thank you that we can worship you through him. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Go in peace. We'll see you next week.